Hello again. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Players in the Game of Life. Today we present to you a thought challenge. The challenge is lifestyle choices and changes. You know, many people waste their entire lives chasing questions with no answers. I want you to think about what's important. I mean, what's really important and just live. Players in the game of life welcome you to this podcast. And like I said today, we will be talking about a very controversial subject, lifestyle choices and changes. Allow me to be more specific. I'm taking it upon myself to approach the LGBTQ situation from another viewpoint. I will attempt to open some ears and eyes concerning the LGBTQ community. It's time, I believe, for all, if at all possible, to come to the reality that whether we agree, disagree, condone, or even have the audacity to condemn that we are all human beings and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. To better understand these next few weeks, I want you to be able to know the meaning of some of the terminology and topics that were presented. Homophobia. Number one, is the fear, the hatred, the discomfort with or mistrust of people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual. Homophobia can take on many different forms, including negative attitudes and beliefs, often based in irrational fear and misunderstanding. It has been already seen you've spent any time on this earth that some of the things that you know nothing about that you don't understand we have the propensity as human beings to fear it you ask why should we fear it because you can't put a handle on it because you can't understand why people or why things are the way they are. You become afraid. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're not afraid of anything. But let something come up that you don't know anything about. You call it fear, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But the truth is, if you don't understand it, you'll probably, some people, not everybody, will make some sort of excuse to what it is, or you'll come up with your own idea. And we are opinionated. As human beings, we have our own opinions. I have mine. You have yours. What I don't want to do, though, is make you think like me. All I want us to do is come to the understanding that we must think in order to get out of the situations that we are in One of the things that we must find ourselves doing is thinking, changing the way that we think. 
and we might open ourselves up to a better, a brighter existence here on this earth. The Bible says that Jesus came so we could have life and have it more abundantly. Then we're going to talk about what is internalized homophobia. Internalized homophobia, let me share something with you. Internalized homophobia refers to people that are homophobic while also experiencing same-sex attraction themselves. Sometimes people may have negative attitudes and belief about those who experience same-sex attraction and then turn the negative beliefs in on their own selves rather than come to terms with their desires, which could mean that they feel discomfort and disapproval with their own same-sex attraction or never accept their same-sex attractions or never identify as lesbian or gay. I'll try to tell you, you know, some people who do more talking or more acting they try to act, some men try to act more like men by either cursing a lot or talking against them or doing something that makes them seem big in other people's eyes to where they make themselves feel like a man. But that's not a man. People dealing with inter, internalized homophobia may feel a need to prove that they're straight exhibit much stereotypical behavior of straight men and women. They may even bully or discriminate against openly gay people, gay bashing. They talk about them as if they are inhuman. But what gets me is that what if that was in your family? What if there was a gay person in your family? I mentioned before, would you kick him to the curb? I asked that question. What would you do for a person that's openly gay? Not somebody who's trying to hide it. The Bible tells us, and it says in, in, in the book of Corinthians, around the sixth chapter in the, I think it's the ninth verse. Yeah, starting at the ninth verse. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. This is what people quote a lot when they want to talk about people who are openly gay and tell them that this is what God says that you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. But if they just went over to the next verse, in verse 11 it says, and such were some of you but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified 
in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Let me tell you something. We are told not to choose or, or, or not to judge because if you judge, the word says, judge lest ye be judged, which says in essence, don't judge anybody because you will be judged yourself by the same measure that you measure them, you too shall be measured. So in essence, the pot can't call the kettle black because the same black that's on the pot is on the kettle. Sin is sin. There's no such thing as uh, a bigger sin or a little sin. All sin is sin and is found corrupt in the eyes of God. But these are people who like to use this to justify maybe some of the things that they're doing. You know, like I said before, it's difficult when the sin that we see others doing, we can see it. But you don't really know. Let me qualify that statement. You may see a person acting like a woman or even acting like a man. But you can't call them homosexual. And the only way you can truly do that is if you've been with them or they told you so. Oh, this is going to get real deep. You're going to have to come prepared when this gets started because the conversations that we're going to have or the talk that I'm going to have with you is real talk. Homosexuals and gays and lesbian, the LGBTQ community, torn apart and ripped apart. They've been discriminated against. And some of us know what discrimination is like. Some of us know what it's like to, to be stared at, to be looked at differently because of the way that we look or the way that we may carry ourselves. But it seems strange to me that we can sit up and condemn other people for the things that they do. Again, we all have free will. But even with that free will, there comes responsibilities. I'm not saying that to, to, to demean or, or to condemn anybody. But Christian people, church, thank you, Holy Spirit, church folk, we can be some of the meanest people on God's green earth because the way we treat people and the way we treat them and talk about them, we profess a belief in God, but he calls us to be witnesses. And I asked a lawyer once, you know, I wanted a definition of what a witness was. A witness is somebody who can tell you what they saw, whether they were in the same proximity or the vicinity where something went on or something happened and they happened to be eyewitnesses of it. 
or possibly it even happened to them. In being a witness to somebody, especially to somebody who is in a fault or that's not going or carrying themselves in a way which would be conducive to the norms, I'll say, of society. And if we were ever in a situation like that, we can tell that individual that there is a way out, that there is somebody somewhere that can help them. We know who that somebody is, we who've been through some things. I know somebody out there besides myself has been through some things in this lifetime. Me personally, I'm three times 21 and some change. And I've seen some things in my lifetime. I've been brought through, I've gone through some things in my lifetime. And it wasn't because I was so smart or because I was so good or whatever. It was because I guess the Lord uses me or has a purpose for my life. So I can sit up and tell some man, some woman, some boy, some girl about the goodness of a God that irregardless of what I've done, he loves me too much to let me stay in that position. And the gratitude that I'm supposed to show for that is to tell somebody else, whatever position they may be in, that there is a redeemer. I'm telling you the truth and I'm not trying to go to church on you, I'm just wanting to tell you what's real. Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross and made it possible for us to be, to be redeemed back to God, that all of our sins were forgiven. He says, go and sin no more. Does that mean I'm going to stop sinning? No, it doesn't. Does it mean I'm going to just go out and sin just because God's going to forgive me? Heaven forbid. But what it does mean is I will sin less. I didn't say I would be sinless. I said I would sin less. And I would keep pressing towards that high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus. You know, we become a part of him. I'm going to tell you something. When we were created, we were created in the image of God. But when Adam and Eve, well, really, when Adam did what he did, he bit off the forbidden fruit, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all things changed. There was no more perfect world, no more perfect people. In fact, the Bible states and says that when Adam was 130 years old, I believe, that he had a son, and his son was made in his image. So when they say that we are dealing with the sins of our fathers, they're not talking about your dad. They're not talking about my father, my biological father. They were talking about my father, Adam, the father of all human beings. When he did what he did, he brought sin into the world. Oh, my God. And when sin came into the world, everything was jacked up. The Bible teaches that in order for man to be redeemed, that we have to be born again. 
because when we were born, we were born in the image and with the propensity to sin, just as Adam did. And he made a choice to do that. He chose to do that. But everything, my brothers and sisters, is not a choice. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But I want you to think. Read 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, the ninth verse, the ninth through the 10th verse, ninth through the 11th verse. And also, if you get some time, I'm just asking you to do this. You don't have to do it. But I just really wish you would so we could get a little bit more understanding about some things. Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 19th through the 21st verse. Read that as well. Next time when we come back, you'll have a little bit more ammunition. You'll have something to listen to or something to base some things on. Something to give you a little more thought. And all I want you to do is do me this favor. Put yourself in the position of a person who's been discriminated against. I know that's not hard for you to do. And just by chance, if you could find yourself feeling battered, beaten down, if you can recall being treated less than what you are. If you could find yourself being neglected and kicked to the curb, how your emotions got into this, and how your emotions led you into places where you really shouldn't have been, who brought you out? Who forgave you? How many times have you said you'd never do it again and found yourself doing it again? I know you may think that none of this has anything to do with the LGDP or the LG, the initials. It's hard for me to think about it sometimes because I look at everybody as a human being. And we've all made mistakes. But I guarantee you, it's not too many of them. Now, there's a flip side to everything. Now, don't get it wrong. And don't let me make you think that I think there's only one way to look at it. It's not. We have some people out there that, that, that truly, Satan has his angels as well. And they're doing the job that they do. But I'm going to tell you, there's no power higher, no power stronger than that of God. And he can help us in any and every situation that we may find ourselves in. And remember, sometimes God will even let you stay where you are so he can get the glory. And you'll have a witness. You can be a witness instead of a prosecuting attorney, instead of a judge, instead of an executioner. You can be somebody that shows love because you were shown love 
you could be somebody that shows forgiveness because you were forgiven. Or should I say I was forgiven? I don't want to make it seem like I'm picking on anybody. But this is almost like, in fact it is, let's tell the truth. Have you ever shared your real testimony with somebody? Have you ever told somebody where you really were? If you think back over your life and say, mm, if only they knew. You're right, if only they knew, they probably wouldn't be doing some of the things they did. Or they would have hope to know they wouldn't have to stay there. You'd be surprised how many people commit suicide because they've lost hope. And you have it within your experience to give hope so they don't have to end up a statistic. Hang on in there, people. You're going to see that all of this comes together. Just stay with me for a while. You all are teaching me, and I want to show some things and share some things with you. God bless you. Get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tell somebody else about it. And get ready for part three. God bless you. Talk to you soon.